0: That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash judging Megan to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash judging Megan. And now back to the podcast. Hi, everybody. This podcast is sponsored by Mindful Wellness. I am so excited to be partnering with Dr. Gupta. I'm actually a patient of theirs. And... I am really upfront and open about my own journey. I'm on the shot myself and I'm just restarting it. I had taken a break from it and already I'm blown away by Mindful Wellness. Have you been considering getting on these skinny shots and going to a med spa or a gym or a salon? Are these people even licensed? At Mindful Wellness, they offer a comprehensive weight loss program that goes beyond some mysterious shot. And what sets them apart is they have licensed doctors and nurses. They have unlimited health coach appointments, monthly appointments with real doctors and nurses, and insurance in some cases can support you. Their responsive patient care team has been amazing. You can reach out to them Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. via call or text. They even have a holiday special valid through December 31st, $250 a month program only includes one clinician appointment a month and unlimited health coach appointments, insurance assistance included. And then they have a $399 month program plus compounded semaglutide. Enjoy the benefits along with the compounded semaglutide. In addition to the above, they also offer, which I'm also using, the menopause and perimenopause help. I'm telling you right now, if you live in states like Washington, Florida, Oregon, Texas, Illinois, New York, Maryland, Texas, Pennsylvania, Georgia, Nevada, or hello, California, you need to get in touch with Mindful Wellness today. Go to their website, mindfulwellness.com and schedule an appointment today. That's mindfulwellness.com. And now back to the show. You are listening to Judging Megan with your host, Megan Judge. Before I introduce my fantastic guest that I really can't wait to, I already know, I already know I'm going to love him because we chatted for a second and he had me at hello. So here's what I want to tell you. I do not appreciate people that have parties, holiday parties or any party after 8 p.m. So if you're planning on inviting me to a, ho- I sound mean, but I don't want to, I don't really want to go out after 5 p.m. So, ideally, if you could have a holiday party at 5 p.m., I know people are still still getting back from work. That That's perfect. Then we're all in bed by nine. That's, that's just what I'm asking today. So I'm begging you no parties after eight o'clock. I like my sleep. Okay. But I have all kidding aside, I have gone to some nice parties. I'm going to tell you this story really quickly. So over the weekend, my daughter was in the Nutcracker and she was so cute. I loved every second of it. I did have to watch it like three times. So by the last time I was on the, you know, we're very supportive as parents for our kids, but watching the Nutcracker numerous times, it can be a lot. Um, so I'll leave it at that. I have a shower with a glass door and the glass door ke- keeps getting stuck. So I've had like a repair man come out here. I had my husband look at it the other day. He's like, it's fine. Um, it's just stop pulling it, whatever. So I pulled it on Sunday really hard and it shattered everywhere, everywhere, all over me, all over the, the shower, all over the bathroom floor. And it was one of those moments where I, it, I was getting, I was cut by glass everywhere. So I couldn't tell where the blood was coming from. It was so scary. And I called my daughter, my nine-year-old upstairs. And I was like, Ella, please bring me some towels. And it was one of those moments where you're like, I know I'm not supposed to panic and make my kid even more freaked out because there was blood. Um, so she was so great. She brought me up these three towels and I kind of sat there and I was panicked. I'm not going to lie. Cause I didn't know where the blood was. And so I, I looked at her and I was like, I'm not, I'm really proud of you. Thank you. You're so great. Like you're helping mommy right now. Then she gets my husband on FaceTime. So I'm sitting there probably not in the most attractive poses with no clothes on trying to pick shards of blood of glass out of my skin. It was really, really scary, everyone. I you know you that this is one of those moments in life where you go, I'm really lucky. I'm lucky that glass didn't hit my eyes. I'm lucky that my daughter was not taking a bath. She takes a bath in that bathroom. I'm lucky that I just have little surface cuts everywhere, but it could have been way worse. I'm lucky I didn't cut my feet. I'm lucky that my daughter was home to help me. These kinds of things, this is life. This is what happens in life. And we have to know that every time something like this happens, there's a reason why it happened. And so I was mad that it happened, but I was also like, felt really lucky that I was okay and that it wasn't my daughter. We've all been put here for a reason and we all deserve acceptance. Judging Megan with Megan Judge. I'm a trauma survivor from a really young age, and I have been diagnosed with complex PTSD in the past few years. I've been surrounded by death and abuse much of my life. I've been dragged through the mud and have been to the point of not wanting to go on anymore. Through my interviews with other survivors, I've learned that there is a way out. From recovering to surviving and thriving, we all have the strength to come out the other side. You are listening judging Megan. I'm going to introduce my guest today. Dr. Ken Druck is a PhD. He is is an expert on talking about healing after loss. He is the author of the bestseller, How We Go On, Self-Compassion, Courage, Gratitude, and the Path Forward. His book has been endorsed. And if you read the front cover by one of my faves, Katie Couric, and I am just so grateful to have you on today, Ken. Do I call you Doctor Ken, Doctor Drop? Ken, just Ken is
1: perfect.
0: Yeah. Okay. If I, I make a
1: reservation at a restaurant, it's Doctor Ken. Good. And uh, that gets me in earlier, but but uh, no, it's Ken. And thank you so much for having me in your living room, Megan.
0: Well, I'm so honored. Um, you know, a lot of this podcast is talking about exactly what we're going to talk about today, so. Uh, I told you briefly before we started, I also have gone through a great deal of loss in my own life. And I know that a lot of my listeners come here because they want to know, they want to know really why I have such annoying stories in the beginning. I'm joking. They want to know how to get through the things that we have to go through in life. So every time I have a guest like you or any of my guests on, 90% of them are about trauma, how we get through trauma, and how do we get through to the other side. So thank you for what you have written and what you have put out into the universe, because I know it will help so many people.
1: Thank you. And by the way, your story about what happened, I loved your story. You know, it, you said it. We all, every single one of us and everybody we know has a what now moment is going through a what now moment right now. Mm -hmm. And yours was, you know, finding yourself in this state of of panic, not knowing, you know, what's going to happen to me? To what extent have I injured myself? How much should I involve my daughter? It was a profound what now moment where you had to make spot decisions. And all of us are having, I mean, I invite everybody to think about what is my what now moment right now? Is it, a loss that I've suffered? Is it a change or a transition I'm going through? A friend of mine likes to say, I'm in between transitions right now. Um, is it a, a some kind of a, a living loss? You're going through a divorce. Uh, you got a bad diagnosis. You went to the doctor last week. You have an estranged child or partner. Um, or you're getting ready for a holiday party and you're dreading being with family members who are going to bring up something political. I mean, so we're all having some kind of a what now moment and whether we meet that moment and how we meet that moment is going to determine the quality of our lives and, and define our character in some ways, it's going to be either an, you know, a disaster or it's going to be an opportunity and the challenge is, how do I turn my what now moments into opportunities and that's I, what my I, book's I, about that's what yeah. my life's work is about
0: well, I think it's so important, and thank you for saying that because it, people need to hear it we're in we're in a very scary time right now, right um yes there's wars going it's, on it's not only a personal yeah no there's there our country I mean, I have listeners all over the world, so thank you for everyone that listens, but in ARC and the United States right now, and, you know, we're just in a time where I know there's been, there's always something going on in history, but it just kind of feels like it's just a really scary time. And yeah, it's an inflection
1: I, point historically. You're yeah. Absolutely spot on.
0: Yeah. And so, and so
1: it's not, just we have it personally. What now moments What now moments happen in the, it's happening in the world. The world is deciding how to deal with, how do you possibly begin to deal with a situation where a country has been invaded by terrorists, women, pregnant women have been murdered. Um, You know, children have been slaughtered in ways that I I didn't want to describe. uh, We'll start the day off, you know, in horror, but where 1200 1300 people were murdered and how do how do we go on from that what now moment how do we how do we achieve any element of justice how do we say no that's not acceptable and yet how do we not perpetuate other problems by putting innocent people in the crossfire so it's a profound what now moment that the world is in dialogue and also how do we go on from what now moments when there's deliberate misinformation yeah. for people who are are buying into conspiracies and wild lies and misinformation how do we how do we go on from that? How do we not become part of the problem? How do we become part of the solution so that our kids, our grandkids, future generations aren't living in a world that's so bent out of shape so how we go on is really a question of how do we live in such a way that we're paying good things forward so that our kids and grandkids and future generations get clean air to breathe. They live in a world that's relatively
0: safe. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, so it's, 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 it's of that, that keeps and it us is, up at night, right? All of us. And, and yes, it just, does. just to piggyback on what you're saying, um, the what now is an answer that I just I don't know. I mean, I really, I didn't for a really long time talk about politics and we're not going to go into that. But what I will say is it's, there. It's, it's, we're at a head. <laughs> we're at a boiling point and being a parent or seeing the conspiracies, like you're talking about having people believe them. It, it's a, it, I, I, I'm, I'm literally up at night thinking about this stuff, thinking about like, how could
1: we know what to do?
0: No. I mean, literally in the history of our country, I don't, I, I don't know another time where it's come. This is, it's been like this. So it's really hard. I say, I've said this before on past episodes. um, And I'll bring it up again is when, when September 11th happened and we're going to be talking about like grief and loss. And this is fitting because this, It was a very horrific time in our country when September 11th happened. And then the next week after it happened, we would all let people in in traffic. It makes me emotional really to talk about this. Let people in in traffic. We all had American flags on our cars. People had their flags outside of their houses. We were unified. Yeah. I mean, there were problems. There was crime. There was all this stuff. But we were It was like a time where I remember thinking, I am so proud to be an American. And I think right now, whatever, whatever your thoughts are politically, I just want my kids to feel that way. And so it makes me emotional to talk because my youngest, she doesn't, will never know that because she's only nine. So in 2015, 16, all this stuff started and what are we teaching our young, our generation? Like that's after us. What are we teaching people just to be unkind, to spew lies, to say mean things, to lie, to come up with conspiracy theories? You know, people want to believe what they want to believe. But at the end of the day, all I want for the, for my children, for my country is for two seconds to think back to that time and how we treated each other. And I think that's really important. I love what
1: you're saying. And as parents, are we going to teach our kids to other people to make them others or to find the common ground and the common values and the things we want? You know, I, I, I look back to, I had just written another book and I was asked to be on a radio station in another part of the country. And when I found out who the host was of the radio show, he was a founder of, of a, a movement and a party that I so uh, have such differences with. And I thought, oh, my God, I'm going to be, you know, California psychology roadkill. You know, I'm being set up. I'm going to be set up in this interview for a major argument. And I got on the phone and, you know, I got on the show and early in the morning and he said, I don't know how I would ever bear with and cope with the loss of one of my kids like you can. Mm-hmm. Because he he had read my book and read about the loss of my 21-year-old daughter, Jenna. And he said, I don't know how I deal with that. And that became the, the opening of one hour of magical, powerful, loving, passionate connection between two fathers who wanted the same thing for their daughters and who loved their kids, but who had very different ideas about that path, how, that path forward, how to get there. And it started on such a, a, a note of respect and compassion, understanding and listening, that it was a fantastic interview and a wonderful conversation with somebody I made friends with. An unlikely, I call them unlikely friendships. And instead of distancing and not listening to or not understanding or finding common ground, do we need to show our kids examples of how we forge common ground, peace, understanding, Good listening, telling the truth, starting with our own personal truth about why we care about things and what's, what we cherish, what we value, what's most important, what really matters to us. Those are the things, places we find common ground, not in a, well, what do you think and who did you vote? You know, not, right now, unfortunately, it, we just had uh, the, the passing of one of my heroes, Norman Lear,
0: Norman wrote,
1: Norman Norman started an an amazing thing all in the, all in the family, Uh, you know, an amazing television show, which won all the awards and whatnot. And I wrote Norman a couple of years ago. I said, Norman, I'm writing an article. It's still all in the family because there are families that are tearing apart. They go to holiday events like upcoming Hanukkah, Christmas. Thanks. We just had Thanksgiving and they become War zones, our mm-hmm. families become war zones because, one of, because everybody acts self-righteous like they have the answer, nobody listens. Everybody digs their heels in and wants to win the argument and justify why they're voting for who they're voting for or whatever. It's a formula for disaster. So what's happening in the world, some of us, and by the way, the th- central theme, and I, I love that you have listeners all over the world, And I want to give you the central theme of my life's work, which is put your hand on your heart, self-compassion, kindness, patience, honesty, humility, understanding, peace, and take your foot off your throat. Impatience, self-harsh self-criticism, judgment, um, self-righteousness, arrogance, um, harsh, the harsh criticism that comes when we talk to ourselves harshly and, and really criticize shame, blame and beat ourselves up with, Oh my God, I should know all this. I should know what to do about what's happening in the world. No, with our hand on our heart, we say, you know what, we are at an inflection point in history. And we are, as parents, facing challenges that, that we, parents have never had to face before. So let's be patient and kind to ourselves. Let's allow ourselves this to, for good things to come from our unknowingness. Let's allow good things to come from our lostness. If we're feeling lost because we just suffered a horrible loss, or if we're dealing with you know, maybe we just turned 60 or 50 or 70 and we're dealing with an existential reality check, you know, my God, life is a lease. Yeah. I'd never really thought of that seriously, that my life is going to end or my, the life of my parents is going to be over at some point or they're declining or whatever. So it's, it's that central gut check, heart check. Do I have my foot on my throat? The way I talk to myself, do I treat myself, or do I have my hand on my heart?
0: gosh I, I I love that I don't even know how many minutes in like sixteen minutes, and I'm already I, we haven't even gone in the direction where we're about to go, but I think it's so important that we start where we're 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 starting and we talk about this stuff. It's such a beautiful story. Thank you for sharing that. um you know so we ha I think we need to do there's really no solution. It's not like a one-size-fits-all fit all, fits all solution with what's going on in the world. But I think you're 100% right. Be willing to listen to each other. You know, I'm very set in my ways. I'm very set in my beliefs. You're set in your beliefs. But going into that radio show like you did and just humanizing ourselves, humanizing, I'm a mother. You're a father. You're always going to be a father, you know, no matter, I mean, we're going to get into your story now, but just that's part of who you are. That's your identity. And, um, the human connection is the most amazing connection that we have. And like you said, and I say this often, we're here for such a short amount of time. Is it worth us all treating each other like dirt and fighting over such trivial stuff when at the end of the day we only we don't know when our tomorrow is going to end just like the glass falling in the shower if that would have hit me in the wrong place that could have been it you know so let's talk a little thank you for sharing that it was beautiful it really was um let's get into your your story. I I love that you're also from California. I or well, I'm I consider myself a California girl because I've lived here 20 plus years. So I think I've earned it and I've lived here longer than anywhere else. So I love my state. Where did you come from? I'm I'm originally from, Washi- from Washington D.C. So I'm a D.C. girl. I'm originally from New York. I knew I'm you a, were an I'm East Coaster. Yeah, I mean, East Coasters in California we're the best. I'm sorry, but we are. <laughs> um, so let's talk about you. And so you're originally from New York in California. Tell me, like, briefly about like kind of your how you got to California. A little bit about your story, and then I want to go into your the loss of your daughter, which I know is a hard topic to talk about, and why you do what you do today.
1: But but the loss of my daughter is a talk of about the love of my daughter. Which I which you know we, is amazing. we, we yeah. get to in the beginning, we don't get to choose. when we suffer a loss, it is choiceless. Our hearts have been ripped out. We, we look in the mirror and we don't recognize the, who we are anymore, because not only has the life of somebody we love ended as we know it, our life as we knew it is over. We're going to have to live. I'm going to have to live with a hole in my heart. What I do with that hole, what I do, whether I take a path of honor, and I'll share with you what I call the eight honorings, whether I live the rest of whatever time I have left as an expression of my love, rather than making my despair and the trauma the central organizing principle of my life. I could sit here on in your living room and say, and talk about endlessly and people would want to turn it off. They wouldn't want to listen to the rest of the show because it would be about, I'm the victim. I'm stuck. I'm screwed. um, There's nothing I could do. You know, I'm stuck in that place for the rest of my days suffering. And what I say is that what started as the, as one of the purest forms of love in my life, the love of my daughters. Best thing that ever happened in my life is my daughters. Best thing I've ever done in my life is be a dad. What started as the purest form of love that became an unspeakable sorrow wants to become love again. So how do I I accomplish that when I walk with a limp in my heart? Because the truth is, I could be walking down the street later today and, and I'm walking behind a girl that has my daughter Jenna's blonde hair and suddenly I've got tears streaming because the sorrow in me, I would have had to cut, snip the nerves to my love to start disallowing the sorrow. My love is still alive. I call it the love that never dies. Okay, I never knew I was going to cry.
0: I mean, I knew I was probably going to cry this episode, and of course, don't have tissues. But I am crying, Um, and you know it's I'm giving you a tissue, <laughs> a tissue. Hold it. I love that what you're Here saying. Thank Oops, you, Ken. Just went through. <laughs> um, I'll, I'm going to tell you this very briefly before we get into more. I I feel like this could be an eight part episode. Um, I lost my my sister my listeners know this very young I lost my dad very young and I lost my very best friend in at 29 and um so what you're saying really resonates with me last night I was going to sleep and this happens so I say those they're my angels right and yeah. I'm very, very connected to Julie, my best friend. And I talk about her all the time on the podcast. And last night I was going to sleep. And as I was going to sleep, I was, I think she comes into my life. She comes into my room. Sometimes I know I'm very yeah. spiritual. I know that she's with me and I was, I had this, this man come on, an author probably last month. And so he was talking about your angels coming into your dreams and those that have lost Mm -hmm. and tips on like how to connect with them. So before I went, it was going to sleep. I started thinking of my question and I was hoping she would come to me in my dreams. But as I was going to sleep, I was crying, just crying because something that I'm sure we'll talk about is that pain never goes away. Like you said, there's a part the love of love never heart. goes away,
1: so the pain never goes away.
0: No, no, no. And yeah. so the love is so strong. I mean, this is somebody that was my everything. She was my whole world. And mm-hmm. um, so I think what you're saying is so beautiful and so true because if people have gone through loss, it's the holidays, by the way. This is an exceptionally hard time of year to be grieving. And if you're like you or I, that that grief is always there. It's always there. But for me at least, I'm not gonna speak for you. It's it's a gift knowing that one day I'm gonna see her again. Yes. And and all of them that are just waiting. So I, I'm I'm I emotional today. Yeah. So tell me You know
1: what? Go ahead. When people say they get emotional with me, it's it's the declaration of a truth response. It means the truth in me is speaking and it builds trust. That's what builds trust. When the truth in us is speaking, it's inescapable. It doesn't need to be diluted or watered down or whatever it's speaking in us. And and you and I are speaking Truth to each other. I, you know, I, it's interesting because I have two daughters and I call them, so you and I are on such similar tracks. I call my daughter Steffi my earth daughter and I call my daughter Jenna my angel daughter. And you'll get a kick out. It. It's okay if I show your listeners. Yeah. There's if my daughter. If you're daughters. watching
0: on YouTube, you can see this picture. Oh, wow. Pictures of
1: me sitting in the middle of my daughters, Jenna and Steffi taken by Bill Bellamy at the MTV beach house in Malibu. Yeah. Because Bill passed us, I was sitting with my daughters, my daughter, Jenna worked at MTV and he, he said, I've never seen anything so beautiful, a father and his two daughters. And he took this picture six months later. My daughter, Jenna was gone, but I cherished this picture. And now I'm going to show you, can I show you one more? Yeah. Is that okay?
0: I love the pictures.
1: So the the beginning of my book starts with, if anybody had ever said, you will feel joy again, I would have choked them and thrown them to the ground or walked away thinking they were very stupid.
0: Yeah. Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. I feel like I've been using Claritin-D for probably a few months now, and I have really noticed a difference. I can work out. I'm not feeling like my eyes are watering and my nose is all stuffed up. I can speak without feeling like a frog has jumped into my throat. Ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin-D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin-D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator
1: the day that my book starts with talking about my daughter, Steffi and her two sons. She has twins. And my book starts by saying that here I am. If anybody had ever said, I'd feel joy again. And here I am sitting on the beach with my grandson stone wrapped in a beach towel, having just gone into the ocean with him. And now we're studying clouds and he's telling me, poppy, That cloud, I can't tell whether it's a dolphin or a dragon. And I've got tears streaming down my face. Because I've fought my way back into life. And there is beauty that awaited me and love and cherishable new memories. Because we go on. We have the capacity to summon newfound strength and courage and faith and understanding of how all this works. I mean, I don't know with 100% certainty. I don't understand what the true nature of death is. You are the true nature of life. We're flying on less than a grain of sand through universes. We have Neil deGrasse Tyson telling us we don't just live in a universe. There are universes. And and here we are flying through space. How could we know the true nature of what all this is? Now we have new satellites out there defining the history of the universe, you know, and helping us understand what's happened. But I don't know the true nature of death. We get to bet our faith, and my faith is just like yours, Megan. I imagine my daughter's hand. When it's my time, my angel daughter's hand reaching out and saying, Dad, you can come now. It's okay to let go. Your time here, there has ended. Your time here has begun. And of course, I'm tearful because I'm saying goodbye. I'm wishing that I had had more time to watch my grandsons grow up. I wish I had more time to have the loving i have a breakfast with my daughter every week and i i know you as as somebody who's lost his dad and me as somebody who's lost his daughter i would for a split second with them now i would give up everything and i imagine you would give up everything for a split second with your father and what a what to have a daughter like you by the way Megan what a blessing <laughs>
0: If you, ta- if you guys if you guys saw me right spirit. now I'm literally crying I'm bawling crying but I'm going to tell you something because I I want my listeners to really hear what you're saying Ken I can't pull up this picture but I have a picture just like you of my best friend Oh let me see I. it
1: well, I'm oh, trying to fix
0: it. it I'm trying to pick it up let me show it to you and my listeners So every time I ever I want to go dad
1: to dad with your dad Yeah
0: yeah yeah Every time I record. So that's well, Julie. Beautiful. That's Julie. Yes, Julie. And with your Julie friend. Julie and I. Yeah. And then Julie, Kara, and myself. So that's my other best friend from growing up. But I, like you, I um, I have my angels. So when I do my recordings every week, that's my dad. He died at 46 for my listeners.
1: What's your dad's name?
0: His name's he's Dr. John Judge was his name and John,
1: how blessed you are, even though you left us at 47 and Jenna left us at 21, how blessed you are to have an amazing daughter in your life for the years that you were able to have her. And how blessed am I that I had Jenna for 21 years? Yeah. You know, that doesn't mean that I don't sometimes get really pissed and I want to call customer service, I want to get the casting director. I want somebody to tell me why, you know, to reconcile that my daughter only had 21 years when there was such a fullness and she's so alive in so many ways. She continues to be so alive.
0: Well, let me ask you, I know that we've kind of skipped all over the place, but this is one of those yeah. times for my listeners. You and I were supposed to meet today and talk yes. and it's like we're yes. our conversation. If you're listening is, all over the place but sometimes when you're fortunate enough in life to meet somebody and just be like what you get me that's how i feel like you and i would you
1: be my kindred spirit can i propose to you right now
0: i would love that yes Uh, yes 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 okay so we are we are let me just tell you though and my listeners i love what you said about the clouds and your two grandsons sitting on the beach um it's so important. If you are dealing with a new loss, it's the holidays. The holidays are the worst time of year. I mean, that first Thanksgiving, uh, that first Christmas. Um, Please know that, yeah, I mean, I'm crying. I've been crying right now. I I love to meet people that I can connect with and talk about these things. But there is tomorrow. There is Three weeks from now, there is a year from now. It's going to all ebb and flow. You're going to have really bad days if you're newly grieving and this is your first holiday without that person. It is hard. Do me a favor. Take care of yourself. Listen to Ken. Be compassionate. Put your hand on your heart. Remember that you're how loved you are and that you have that spirit with you. And if you don't believe in that, Try to, or whatever your beliefs are, try to know that there's a reason why you're here and be really self-compassionate because this is an extremely, extremely hard thing to go through, especially the first holidays. So I wanted to say that, but then I want to go into, and and like you said, your daughter is love. It's about love. And she isn't with us on this earth, but she's there. They're there. I like to say they're in the next room. Um, I wish I wish all of
1: your listeners could see what I'm showing you, which is a necklace that I wear. And it has the word Hineni written on it. It's a palindrome. It's spelled the same way in both directions. And it means here I am in Hebrew. And I was giving a speech many years ago and a, a woman who makes jewelry gave this to me. And she's because I said, in order to understand loss, you have to understand paradox. My daughter is gone when her body came back from India, where she died near the Taj Mahal. She would called me the night before. Dad, I can't believe I'm going to see the world's greatest symbol of eternal love and the bus that she was on crashed and she and three other beautiful young women died and i was telling the story the story about how paradox you have to understand my daughter's body came back from india and and she was gone she was no longer there and she was right there with me she was gone and she was right there with me and so they made me this necklace that says, I'm here. And if I ever need to, if I'm ever doubting that she's not with me, that she's never left my side. Now, do I know that with 100% certainty? No, of course not. Am I going to get defrocked by the thought police? You know, and people are going to go, Oh, he's crazy. He's desperate. He's pathetic. I, I really don't care. You bet your faith. And if I feel my daughter close if I feel an I love you, daddy, I allow myself to hear that, not hear it with my ears, but to hear it with my heart. And if I want to say, and I love you, Jenna, anytime, any day, anywhere, under any circumstances, I want to give myself the freedom to express the love that never dies, never dies. And so you know, so there there it is it's like and when we're looking at how do i survive i'm in survival for those listeners that are going through a loss this is their first year or their first holiday that they're ever spending or or it's the fifth but it's really finding that finally it's hitting them uh-huh. they've been in shock they've been in denial they've been in whatever which is what we do in the beginning cuz it's overwhelming we go back and forth from surreal to all too real, where we get emotionally overwhelmed in the beginning. That's our journey. But when we move out of that, sometimes it hits us at the three-year mark or five-year mark. It doesn't have to be time. Some grief occurs outside of time. Let me say that again. Not all grief is linear, that it just progresses along this thing. And it's post- Some grief occurs outside of time. It's not dependent on time. You can't... Ask a heart, hey, how are you doing? You know, have you keeping, do you have a clock in there? No, our heart doesn't have a clock. Our heart gets triggered. Our heart opens. And hopefully in our losses, our hearts break open. We become the expanded version of ourselves rather than our hearts contracting and breaking closed where we become protective and defended and distant and isolated. And alone. So it's so it's so important for those people who are dealing with a living loss right now and who are just hurting so much and don't know where to find constructive outlets. I want to mention that if you if you contact Megan about how to get in touch with me, it's I that's all I wrote about in this month's newsletter
0: by the way, you're this. stuck with me. We're best friends after this. Okay.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, no, so, please
0: do. If somebody's people, listening. I, I'll send yeah. them my
1: newsletter, which has articles yeah. about how to get through the holidays, which has articles about exactly what to do, how to, how to take care of yourself. And you'll pick and choose because none of us, like you said before, is a cookie cutter. There's no cookie cutter. For, everybody has to do this their own way. But it will give you the guidelines that you need to go on. And to get through the holidays.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: It was good days await. Like you're saying, Megan. They do. They do
0: await. Yeah. 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 There's a
1: path forward.
0: Yeah. Let me ask you. Yes. I, how long, I mean, I am so sorry. I'm a mother myself. Like being a parent, they, you know, loss is relative Everybody's loss is painful. It doesn't matter, but being a parent in particular,
1: you learn to wear your heart outside of your body as a parent. Yeah, yes.
0: So, do, so how long ago did this loss happen?
1: Jenna's Jenna's Jenna died in 1996 while studying abroad. 1996. And how how do we navigate? that it's been decades, that she has been gone longer than she was alive. How do we navigate? I just gave the keynote speech in New York um, for the 22nd anniversary of 9-11. I was standing at ground zero. I gave the speech and I, the first thing I said to people is, it's been 22 years, how come you haven't gotten over it? Because that's what we want to say to people who it's been a couple of decades. How come you haven't gotten over it? Or we want to, because our foot is on their throat. Because we really don't understand what it, we're not grief literate. We really don't understand that the, the parents, the people who watched their loved one perish on 9-11, and I was there leading the, the first town hall meetings, they, you can't suffer a loss like that and not walk with a limp in your heart. You've been traumatized. You can never forget it. If you've kept your love alive for them, then you feel something at the 22nd anniversary. The society wants to say, haven't you gotten over it? Because society grief is messy. People want to say, wasn't that six months ago? Wasn't that two years ago? You know, didn't Julie die in 2009? That's what we say when we put our foot on somebody's throat. Yeah. Rather than keeping our hand on her heart and compassionately and empathetically saying, Megan, I love how you've kept Julie alive. I love how you keep her alive. I love how your love for her is flourishing and you share it so beautifully. And it's like my daughter's friends, Jenna's best friends still communicate with me. It's been 26, seven years. I still get calls f- from Pilar whose mother just passed I went to her mom's her mom's celebration of life I get calls from Amy I get calls from gr- girls who are now women with kids who have beautiful lives do I cry after those calls because they're living the lives that I had hoped my daughter would have been living with kids and great jobs and and hus- wonderful husbands that fell out of heaven yeah
0: do Deep? I wish okay. that? Yeah. Yeah.
1: But but do I also celebrate that they love Jenna? Their love for Jenna is alive. And they tell me a story about something that happened. You know, that they tell me the snow penis story that I heard recently. You want to hear the snow penis <laughs> story of my life to do this?
0: Yeah, yeah. So my daughter it. went
1: to school in Colorado and she and her friend were out late one night. And it was snowing, it was pouring, and they knew that people would be waking up to this huge snowfall.
0: Uh And they
1: went to the center of campus, of the college they went to, the university, and they built a snow penis.
0: I think that Jenna and I would be friends. I'm just telling you that. A six foot tall snow penis.
1: (laughs) And so it got photographed in the morning and put in the school paper, and there was this huge mystery, and and it became a, a legend. Well, I, I found out about the legend of the snow penis recently, because one of her friends was brave enough to tell me that that she and Jenna had built the snow penis, laughing hysterically, you know, in the middle of the night one night in 1996. So it's a let, blessing. Let me let These me ask you
0: something. So yeah. my my best friends parents are like my second parents they helped raise me they really did and um so I call them I was just talking to them a couple days ago Bruce and Donna and I was talking I call him Big Brew I've always called him Big Brew since I was a kid and um and same thing I was we were talking saying something about Julie and I could tell like how happy it makes him to hear about her but then also how hard it is and it's kind of the same way that i feel if somebody says oh like if i go back to dc which is very rare but when i do people go oh you you're johnny judge's little girl and well now i'm not but like they're like you're johnny judge's daughter and i'm like yeah. yeah and they tell me a story about him and now it's like i it's almost like being in a movie theater and waiting for this amazing thing to happen in a movie all I want to know is stories about my dad because I don't remember him I was a little girl when he died or so I so I understand that and it must be when I was talking to Bruce the other day it's painful you wish they were here I I feel I feel gypped like you feel gypped I know my listeners feel gypped I have a close friend that lost her husband this year I I think about her all the time happily married she she feels gypped she's mad she's mad and her she's young kids and so I just I love hearing how you talk about her your friends talk about her or laugh laugh about them penis snow penis is funny these things are so special like remember that um let me ask you for the sake of time, why did you decide to write this book and how long after? So I didn't even get to get into like what your career was or who you were. You
1: and I are going to talk again, Megan. I
0: want to do a part two to this. I'm not kidding. I do. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Let's do it. Or maybe we should start our own podcast, but go ahead.
1: There you go. That would be (laughs) fantastic. So I wrote a bunch of books. I, I wrote a book called The Real Rules of Life about everything I'd learned about grief I teach grief literacy at the Harvard school of public health. And I trained psychiatrists here in San Diego and so on. And I wrote about what everybody needs to understand about grief and loss. And then I wrote a book. I realized the issues of aging, that people have about getting older, the fear and the dread and the mess. It's all about grieving the loss of our younger self. It's grief work. It's the same thing. I can write books about that. I know about grief and I know about clearing the path forward so that we live out whatever time we have left in as purposeful, meaningful, and joyful way as possible. So I started writing books about, books about aging and I wrote a book called courageous aging. Then I, my daughter says, dad, what about a book from me? You're getting older. And I wrote a book called raising an aging parent about what to do if your mom and dad are getting older. How do you strengthen the bond? How do you deal with the fact that they are going to get older and die? How do you deal with those things? Especially when you're raising kids and you've got enough to do. You can't be their caregiver. So I said, enough books, enough writing. Take it easy. Give yourself some time. My boss said, why don't you not write a book this year? I know you're an idea person. You always have these ideas and you want to flesh them out. So I gave myself a year and a half of not writing. And I said, I'm not going to do it. That's a great idea. I'm not going to write about it. And this book started writing me. I didn't write this book. It started writing me because I started thinking, what's the thread that comes through all the work you've done over the course of your life. It's really asking the question, how do we go on? How we go on? What is resilience? Really? How do we heal organically? From the inside out, how do we go on after facing these challenges and changes and losses and living losses in our lives? How do we become that better version of ourselves? How do we turn that into an opportunity? Crying, of course, wailing, complaining, objecting, going through what we go through, suffering the separation that we experience when we lose something precious. But how do... So I thought... How We Go On is the title of a book, Let It Write You. And it started writing me. And so I started writing about all the chapters of my own life and what they taught me, right or wrong, about how to go on. Some, some For part of my life, how you go on is you keep running faster. You outrun your feelings. You hide, deny, repress, out drink, out this, out that. You fill up all that empty space you don't face into and meet the moment. you try to escape the moment, so I became in my younger years, an escape artist, but I realized that at some point that I needed to learn had to summon the courage and the strength to face into what was happening in this life, what was happening in the world, what was happening, and you know i'm this I'm the son. The grandson who was named after my grandfather's brother, who was one of the first people killed in the Holocaust, my uncle Casil. He was one of the, he was an outspoken attorney in Austria who said, Hitler's going to kill all of us. When are we going to wake up? And he was one of the first people killed. So I, I kind of look forward, but I also look backward. How did, how did my relatives and my family go on after the Holocaust? after so many were lost and how do we summon, how do we call forth newfound courage and strength and faith, the ability to go on and that book. And that's what started writing me. And I realized he's holding, that at the he's core it of it, up just like right I now. Shared,
0: yeah.
1: just at the core of, uh, of what I wrote about. And I shared earlier in our podcast here was summoning, how do you, how you do it is you keep your hand on your heart and your foot off your throat, self-compassion, gratitude, courage are all things that we need to cultivate to find that path forward, to make new memories, to write new chapters in our lives. And that's my hope and the clouds again. to
0: look up at the clouds again, to look up at the clouds, look again. up at the
1: clouds again. Yep.
0: I love Those that. Those clouds I love, are going to
1: bring a new day.
0: They'll bring, they a, bring new a new day. day, don't they? They sure do. I'm going to tell you that, and just like you, um, you know, there were periods my listeners know where I didn't want to go on. I went through a lot in the past few years, and be the beach is my happy place. Like I live by the beach, I go to the beach, and I just love to stare out at the ocean and. And look at the clouds, look at the sky. I mean, there's, what you're saying is so important to realize everything you said in this episode really struck me. Something you just said about aging and your books about aging and parents and all of this stuff. It's, this is all connected. The grief, the aging, the, you know, aging isn't easy for anyone. It's especially not easy for somebody like myself who's one of the vainest human beings on the planet and I'm a woman and we have a hard time aging. And, but as I just turned another year older, um, I had to remind myself, like, I'm still here. I still have, I still have work to do and, and it's how I spend these next years. If I'm fortunate enough to be here as a parent, hopefully one day a grandmother, a good wife, a good friend, Mm. like all the gifts that were given is, is to, to do something in memory of Jenna, to do something in memory of my dad and my best friend and all the people that are listening right now, you know, like I said, like it, it is, it's Hanukkah, it's Christmas, it's Thanksgiving, it's all these holidays. It's also, you just touched on remembering somebody that was lost in the Holocaust and how this is a full circle moment as to what's happening right now in our country, again, in the world, you know, these things happened and it's painful and remembering those people and their stories and how important all of this stuff is. Um, I cannot, I honestly can tell you, I really, really want to do a part two and. Yeah, I, let's do it. For the sake of time, I mean, I could talk to you so much longer, but I hope that you walk away as listeners today and realize, like, what a gift this conversation was from Ken, because when I sat down before I started to record, I I was like, I say this a lot, actually, Ken, sometimes I'm just not in the mood. Like, I know sometimes I'm going to record these episodes and I'm going to get emotional, and I'm, you know, trying to order Christmas presents and get car- holiday cards out and all the things that to slow down and have a reminder of my own losses and what gifts my angels are to me and what a gift you are to come into my life today and share your story. And I hope that my listeners know that. So please, please remember again, what Ken said in this episode about putting your hand on your heart and showing yourself some compassion, taking your foot off of your throat, because this is, this is hard stuff. And I hope in closing that you, I'm, I can't wait to read the book. Can you tell everybody where they can find you and where they can get your book?
1: Yeah, if if they go to if they want to go online, they can go to howwegoon. howwegoon.com. And you can order the book there. If you like to listen to books, you can hear a beautiful recording of music with my voice reading the book. You can get it as an ebook, you can get a hardcover, or if you'd like a signed copy, you can go to kendruck.com and uh, tell me where you are and I'll send you one. Some people like a signed copy or like you just said, Megan, your friend just lost her husband. I run partner loss support groups and and the people, everybody in the group loves, thinks that you know, the, the book is like a companion. It's at their bedside and or they listen to it. So it might be a gift that you give during the holidays to somebody. Maybe you haven't suffered a loss, but you know of somebody who really is asking how am I gonna go on from this? How am I supposed to rise up from these ashes? So people can go to my website, kendruck.com. They can go to howwegoon.com, any of those things. Um, And if they need to be in touch with me, sometimes somebody wants to talk and there's just some situation you wanna call my attention to or an opportunity to give a talk or to help a family. They can, might, they'll find my number on my website, well
0: Ken, I'm so honored to have you on and meet you today. I'm pretty positive that Jenna and Julie might, might know each other upstairs. I like to believe yes. that. Yes. And I'm really, really grateful that we had this conversation. And so thank you so much. To all of my listeners, if you are struggling right now with, you know, grief, loss, it's the holidays like I talked talked about, please know a couple years from now, a couple months from now, you might be the one looking up at the clouds. So just remember that. Uh, this is an emotional episode for sure thank you so much again ken such an honor remember everyone be happy by making other people happy judging megan with megan judge when you visit arizona time is measured in moments not minutes like the moment you see the grand canyon for the first time